For those of you who do not know who I am, because I look like a stranger, my name is Matthew, and I am uh, one of the the newer guy. This one, right, guys? Green. Oh, this green. Two greens. Back green. See, I was. Good morning. You can hear me. Okay. Um, I'm uh, Matt Hodge, and I'm a, a pastor over at Fellowship. And um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago. Man, it feels like. It was just recently, but it was like two months ago or something like that. It's already almost December. Isn't that kind of messed up? Um, uh, December of 2023, we're getting close. So I preached once, and I was sure that I, they would never invite me back. But um, I'm a desperation moment, like uh, Pastor Dave is sick, and so they had no other options. So you guys are stuck with me again today. No, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity to get to be here. And I uh, do uh, want to pray for Dave that he'll get to feeling better. Uh, but it is a privilege to get to come and preach. And we're so grateful for what God is doing at Thrive. And uh, coming off a holiday to see you here and uh, to worship together, to be able to learn the scripture together. God gets all the glory, doesn't he? Uh, he's good to us. And so I'm thankful to be able to preach. And I hope we can be a blessing today. So we're going to get right into the word. And I want to invite you, if you have a Bible, if you've got a device that you use, we're in John and uh, the Gospel of John, and we're in chapter number 6. John in chapter number 6. And uh, let me see. I'm going to get... There we go. I'm, uh, I'm correct now. I was not straight. See, you guys are just going to have to deal with all these hiccups with me being here this morning. Um, but uh, we're in John chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 15 through 21. We're going to talk about a very familiar story of Jesus walking on the water. We're going to talk about having peace and comfort and courage in the middle of the storminess of our lives, right? So we're going to read John chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 15, and we're going to go down to verse number 21. And then we'll pray and ask God's blessing on his word and the preaching, and then we'll get right into it. John chapter 6, beginning in verse number 15. The Bible says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when, he was, and when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege it is to be able to preach your word. I thank you for Thrive Church and how you're working here. Lord, we do pray for Pastor Dave that he'll get to feeling better. Uh, but Lord, right now, as we focus on your word, I pray you'll give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Uh, as we came today to gather, we came to worship, to, to feel the strength that comes from fellowship, but we came to hear from you. And I pray that through your word, you'll speak to us. Lord, if there's someone here this morning, Lord, there's something specific in, your li in their life, they need a word from you, a wisdom from you. Lord, I pray that they will receive it and that they will take action with it. We don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers of your word. And so we ask that you get all the honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We can find comfort and courage from Jesus 
even in the middle of the storminess of life. Uh, my wife loves thunderstorms, loves them. It's, it's a problem that she has. Um, when we first got married, <clears throat> I, I, I hate thunderstorms, right? When the rain is falling and the, it's loud and it's dark, I, I'm scared to death. She loves them. She stands outside while it's happening and watches the lightning and the thunder. She invites me to participate in her craziness. Now that we have kids uh, and our youngest is four, I have, I have partners in my fear, right? So if it's storming outside, we're all huddled in somewhere and she's got a window open or something like watching it go around like craziness. She loves to watch thunderstorms. She would tell you though, if you're traveling, the fun of thunderstorms ceases for her, right? It's great to be able to kind of watch from a safe distance, you're covered or everything, but when you're traveling, when you're on the move, no, clear skies, no rain, that's her preferred, uh, that's the preferred status. For me, it's even worse when I'm on the road and it's raining. I'll just tell you, I just pull over to the side of the road and just wait until it stops, right? Getting here today was a challenge, right? Even though it's like just a little bit of rain. I'm just not a fan of rain or traveling, but my wife um, loves thunderstorms until it's time to travel. And it's a lot that way in our lives, right? We are traveling along, we're on this journey, right? And some of you, I don't know all of your stories, right? If you're here this morning and you've, you're a believer in Jesus, maybe that's something that's new uh, in your life and you're just learning to, uh, what it means to follow Jesus or maybe you've been following a Jesus a long time. But there's something about as we're traveling and we face storms, nobody likes that. Nobody likes the, the traveling along and experiencing some of the difficulty that we go through. We don't understand. It can be very overwhelming. And it's in those real stormy moments that we start to question the goodness of God. We start to question the direction that we're going in. And we start to ask ourselves, is this the right thing for me? And in the story, and this is a familiar story in the life of Jesus, what we see is that even in the midst of some of the darkest and most difficult moments of our lives, Jesus wants to bring us not just comfort, right? He doesn't just want us to find, uh, have something we can rest in, that we can find strength in, but he wants to give us courage. He wants us to, uh, to go from being afraid of what is happening around us to being able to not necessarily put away all the fear because fear is very real, but instead being able to stand up and be bold and have courage even in the midst of really, really difficult things. And so, what I want to take some time to do today is just work our way through this story. And I want to look at it in three uh, parts, right? There's these three major parts. And in each part, I want us to consider some different truth that I think can help us as we face some of the difficulty in life that can help us find that comfort, right? Because sometimes that's what we need is our, uh, we need that peace. We need to be, our heart to be calmed. But then also there's the courage, that comes from his word and what he wants to accomplish in our lives. So let's look at the story in three parts, right? The first part is the disciples in the boat. This is verses 16 and 17. I'll read them again. The Bible says, And when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. If this was the only account of the story that we had, if John's account was the only account, it would, it would be easy to be very hard on the disciples. Why are they doing what they're doing, right? Are they just, are they just doing their own thing? Are they just 
uh, going to leave Jesus, right? The Bible tells us that Jesus has just experienced a moment in his life where he needs to take some time away. He goes up into the mountain. He has some, uh, a time of um, meditation and prayer, which is something that we see often from Jesus. And all of a sudden, the disciples take off, right? And they're getting in the boat and they're leaving Jesus. What exactly is happening here? But this story, like many stories in Jesus' life, uh, we're not only given one account. We're given several accounts. And some of the other accounts of Matthew and Mark can help us to uh, fill in the gaps a little bit. Matthew 14, 22. I'll read this for you. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Mark says the same thing in Mark chapter 6, verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethesda while he sent the people away. So, we read the story in John and we think the disciples just take off and leave Jesus. But what's actually happening is Jesus gives the instruction. I want you to go to the other side. Jesus has told them to get in the boat and to go. They're not doing their own thing. They're obeying. They are doing what Jesus told them to do. Now, maybe you can relate to this because I certainly can relate to this. The disciples did what they were told to do. And obedience is always the best decision. Obedience is always the best choice. Early in Jesus' public ministry, he challenged some of his disciples who were fishermen to launch out into the deep and cast their net. And even though they had fished all night and caught nothing, and if you are familiar with that story, you'll know that they said, even though we've been fishing all night, nevertheless, at thy word, we'll do it. And they went out into the middle, they launched out, and they drop their nets, and God bless. So obedience is always the best decision. You won't ever regret doing what you know God wants you to do. And, and sometimes it can be uh, challenging to take a step of obedience, but you'll never regret that. The disciples are not uh, going rogue. The disciples have been given instructions, and they're following those instructions. So we have a great example of obedience, but we also have an, uh, an example of when obedience is met with testing. The disciples are just trying to do what God told them to do. They got in the boat. They're heading across. And what happens? They immediately run into a storm. If you're like me, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. The disciples are just trying to do what they've been told to do. And now they're confused. Like, I'm just trying to be obedient. Have you ever been there? I'm just trying to do what God said to do, and now I'm meeting, I'm experiencing testing. I'm experiencing difficulty. That doesn't make any sense to me. If God is good and faithful, then why would he not always reward my goodness, my faithfulness to him with goodness and blessing? Why, why does it sometimes seem like I try to do right? Some of you, you're as, you're as honest and hardworking as you can be at the workplace, and others not so much. But they're the ones that get ahead, it seems like. They're the ones that seems to get along with the boss, right? I'm just trying to follow God in his leading of the way that I, I lead my family, the way that we, there's certain things we do and certain things we don't do. And yet, instead of being respected and people understanding these are my convictions and these are my beliefs, instead, I face opposition from family. Some of you probably maybe experienced a little bit of that over the holidays, right? We're just, we're living our lives a different way. We're, we're humble. We love God. 
We're trying to, uh, it's not about us, it's not about pride, but we're just trying to do things the way God has called us to do. And instead of God just making everything work out the way that it's supposed to, instead we experience testing. If you can relate to this, and I can relate to this, here's the message that the story tells us. Obedience is still the best decision. Right? Sometimes you might do what God says to do. You follow his leading. You're faithful to what he said. And it doesn't work out the way we think it should work. Don't get discouraged. Obedience is always the right choice and it's always worth it. And you'll never ever regret getting into the boat. You'll never ever regret doing what Jesus said to do. If you'll take those steps of faith, you'll see as the story goes on, just like we see so much in scripture, God is always at work. And you'll never regret taking steps of faith, even when it gets uh, difficult, even when the storm starts to roll in and the rain starts to fall and the wind is blowing, you'll never ever regret getting into the boat, going where God said to go, doing what God said to do, because what you'll see is that in, the, in our obedience and in our faithfulness, even if it takes a little bit of time, God is always faithful. Yeah. So there's, there's this picture of obedience, yes, and there's a picture of obedience that faces testing. This is what's happening in the boat. And by resting in his presence and by trusting in his word, we can continue, even in the face of storms. So there are some important lessons that we can learn from this part of the story, but we continue on. All right, what's the next major part of the story? So there's the disciples in the boat, but what about the storm? Right? This is the feels like the main character when the when the story when you're reading this story, right? And the Bible says in verse 18, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. The text tells us that once the disciples were in the boat and had begun to sail, they encountered very rough weather. And additional details are given to us by Matthew and Mark that make it clear that the disciples found themselves in a dangerous situation. I kidded a little bit about driving here in the drizzle and being nervous, right? I don't like driving in the rain, but uh, the description of the storm in John's account, while definitely conveying some seriousness to us, read Matthew, read Mark. This is, not a, this is not a little storm. The disciples encountered something that was serious. They found themselves in real danger. If we come to this part of the storm, there are a couple of really simple observations I want to make about storms. We can observe them in this story, but just in general, what we know about storms. Storms are unique. I thought about this as I was studying for this message. You know, this storm never happened again. This is the only time it happened, right? You, didn't, you, and, you and me have never gone through this storm. This storm is unique to this moment. Storms are unique. There's never the same, it never unfolds the same way, right? We've seen some crazy weather things uh, in our lives. I'm sure some of you have gone through some crazy stuff, but every storm is different. That's how it is in your life and my life. Your difficulty, my difficulty, the storms that you go through, the storms that I go through, they are unique. It's good to remember that. It's good to remember that as you're traveling along and you encounter some difficult things in your life, it's good to understand that other people experience that too. And it's good to understand that no one trial or tribulation or difficulty is the same. Thank the Lord for some of the similarities in the sense that I can learn from them and help others who are going through similar circumstances. But just know that storms are unique. They impact us in different ways. And sometimes it's hard to fully um, appreciate or understand what other people are going through. That's why it's an amazing thing that we have a Savior who came to this earth, who took on flesh, who 
walked the same kind of road that we walk and who experienced some of the same, same kind of difficulty that we experience. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, I'm thankful that I have a Savior who does understand. A Savior who has experienced some of what I have experienced. It's not that He can't be touched with the feelings of In all points He was tempted like we are. Yet without sin, he went through some of the same difficulty. The Bible describes it in the same part of Hebrews where it says he suffered contradiction of sinners against himself. Have you ever been uh, mistreated, lied about, stabbed in the back, right? taken advantage of? Right? These are all things that happen to us and they hurt when they happen to us and it's hard to kind of get past those things. We have a Savior in Jesus who experienced all these things and more. The difference between Jesus and us is that He was innocent. You and I are not always innocent parties. right? Sometimes we experience the, the consequences of our own actions. Jesus was innocent. He endured. He experienced it. Why? So that He could understand. So that you and I could could look to Jesus as that great example. Storms are unique, but storms are also unpredictable. The disciples would have likely stayed on shore if they had known they would have encountered a storm. The disciples had some experience on the seas. It's possible that they could have had a a little bit of an understanding of what was happening, but, but the fact of the matter is, if they had a real understanding of real danger, it's likely they would have stayed. Um, I know some of you can, um, you can relate to this with me. If you knew some of the stuff that happened to you in your life was going to happen, you'd have done everything you could to avoid it, right? It would have been nice to have a heads up because then I wouldn't have done those things, right? If I had known that my obedience was going to lead to some of this or some of that, and that's exactly the point, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We have a God who we can trust. He gives us a way, a path to take, and if we'll take it, he'll be, he'll be good to us. He'll be faithful to us. There's going to be some difficulty that we go through, but uh, the, the fact that the storms are unpredictable, that we can't quite um, always put our finger on it, that's, uh, that's the idea of them being uncontrollable. We hate things being outside of our control. We are naturally inclined to want to have control. The problem for all of humanity is our rebellion against God and His authority. He is the sovereign ruler of all things. And we do not like to submit ourselves to His authority. And the fact that there are things outside of our control, the fact that there's stuff that happens to us and we couldn't do anything about it to stop it or do anything to mitigate some of the pain in our lives or in the lives of people we love, One of the reasons that that storms are so difficult is they're unpredictable and they're uncontrollable. And we don't like that. We like to have a a handle on things. We like to be able to make sure that it happens the way that it's supposed to. Some of you are much more this way than others, right? Some of you are a little more go with the flow. Some of you are like, I I see something right now that's not where it's supposed to be and it's driving me crazy, right? Regardless of where you're at, the bottom line is as human beings who are Uh, inherently rebellious against God and His authority. We don't like things out of our control. But that is the nature of the things that we go through. And that's why we have to look to the one who does have control. That's why we need to rest in a God who does know and who is in control and who can take even the most difficult circumstances and use them for His good. So we're talking about the storms. Out of control, unpredictable. 
but they're also scary, right? <clears throat> and this is probably the most basic but an important point to make. The disciples were obviously terrified, right? They were afraid. And you and me are going to experience very real fear in our life. We are not commanded in Scripture to never be afraid. That's not God's call for our lives. You and I, as feeling human beings, will be afraid. There have been times in my life, and I'm not just talking about storms or heights or bugs or whatever phobia you've got. I'm talking about that conversation that you don't want to have. I'm talking about staring at that uh, screen with very few numbers in the bank account. I'm talking about you have a meeting tomorrow with your boss and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. I'm talking about those moments of very real fear. You and I are going to be afraid. It's not about not being afraid. And if you've kind of maybe, maybe, maybe you've received some of this sort of thinking into your mind and you have to kind of unlearn it. It's like if I'm afraid, if I have fear about a situation or a relationship or a problem that I'm having, that I must not be having faith. No, you are going to be afraid. The Bible says in Psalm 56, 3, what time I am afraid. So the psalmist said, I'm looking ahead to the moments. I know they're coming. There are going to be times where I am scared because I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what the person's going to say. I don't know how the bill's going to get paid. There are going to be times where I'm scared. But what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. It's not about not being afraid. It's about how you are going to respond. Because fear can either lead us to worry and anxiety and stress, all sorts of emotions that then cause us to treat people differently and do things that we know we shouldn't do. It's not about not being afraid. It's about when I feel those feelings, am I going to turn to the one who loves me, who knows what I need, who has the truth that can help me through the situation, or am I going to turn to my own understanding and then the result will be all sorts of worry and all sorts of stress, and then the next thing you know, I'm mistreating the people in my life who love me because I'm afraid and I'm letting that fear rule my life. It's not about whether or not you will be afraid. It's when you are afraid. Will you trust in the Lord? Will you remember what he said? Don't doubt in the night what God shows you in the light. I heard a song here recently for the first time. Absolutely love this song. What's true in the light is true in the darkness. What God has showed you in moments of, of strength where you're kind of up on the mountain, it's the same in the valley. And it's in those moments that we have to remember who God is, what he has said, and what he's called us to do. Is it possible that some of you are thinking to yourselves, this whole part about storms is depressing? The goal is not to depress you. It's to be honest about reality. This is what we face. We do go through difficult things. They're unpredictable. They're uncontrollable. They're even scary. In the story, it is in the middle of all this that Jesus shows up and does what only Jesus can do. And I want to challenge you that whatever you're going through in your life, the Lord wants you to rest in his presence, trust in his word. And in that, you can find comfort, right? Some peace for some of the anxiety and the hurt that you're feeling and courage to get up and to keep moving forward, because that's what we see as we come to the final part of this story, right? There's the disciples in the boat. That wasn't great. There's the 
storm that came onto the sea, but what about Jesus walking on the water? Isn't it always wonderful when we're reading the New Testament and Jesus shows up? There's all sorts of moments that are discouraging and disheartening and depressing, and then all of a sudden Jesus shows up. And listen, that is exactly the kind of Savior that he wants to be in your life. You've got some stuff going on. Let Jesus in. When the Bible tells us that he stands at the door and he knocks, that's not talking about someone who's lost who needs to believe. That's talking about those that have believed. He wants to be your savior. Jesus isn't going to do, um, uh, he's going to make you do anything. He's a loving heavenly father. He wants to guide you into all truth. But if you'll open the door, he'll let you in. And if you're going through some difficult times, like the disciples, if you find yourself in a stormy moment, then what you need and what I need is to welcome Jesus into this situation. Verses again, the Bible says, so when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid. And he saith unto them, it is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. The text tells us that the disciples are going through the storm and it's when Jesus begins to make his way toward them and he's walking on the water in the middle of the sea. Now let me just say before we go on, we do believe that this actually happened, right? This was a miracle. Jesus walked on the surface of deep water. That's a miracle. The scriptures tell us that it happened. We believe that it happened. Here we have yet another instance in which the accounts of Matthew and Mark give us some clarity. In verse 19, it says they see Jesus walking and that they're afraid. Why would they be afraid of Jesus? If you would see Jesus, maybe, maybe the sight of Jesus walking on the water makes them a little uneasy, but the thought that they would see Jesus and that that would bring fear into their lives. But the, the other accounts of Matthew and Mark help give some clarity. They did not immediately recognize that it was Jesus. Matthew 14, 26 and Mark 6, 49 both tell us that they could not quite understand what it was that they were seeing. It is when Jesus speaks and the disciples hear his voice that he becomes clear to them and they realize that what they are actually seeing is Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that is something that resonates with me. It's, there are times in my life where I'm going through some difficult things and God is working and I don't necessarily see it that way immediately. But then as things be, as I start to trust and maybe I start to, to lean a little bit more into what I know he said, that's when things start to become a little clearer. Have you ever had those moments? Those moments where Jesus, who he is and his presence, it just becomes so clear to us. It's when they hear his voice, that's when they know. That's our Savior. That's Jesus. There are several ways in which this interaction with Jesus and his disciples can encourage us and challenge us. What about this? They were comforted by his presence. He said, it is I. He comes to them in the middle of the storm and speaks words of comfort. He reassures them with the promise of his presence. And sometimes when you're going through uh, difficult things in your life, it can seem like there's this distance between you and God. Have you ever felt like he's just so far away? There have been times in my life where I have prayed, whether it was in a gathering of brothers and sisters and the Holy Spirit is moving, and I pray, or there have been uh, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ with great faith that prayed, and it, and it felt like we were right by the throne. I mean, it felt like they were praying, and we were right in God's presence. And then there have been some times, lying alone, staring up at the ceiling, eyes filled with tears, where I have prayed, and it felt like it didn't go any further than the ceiling. 
There have been times in my life where despite all that I know about what God says, about His promises of His presence and His love, it felt like He was a million miles away. He might as well have been all the way up there on that throne somewhere, and I'm all the way down here. There's this great gulf between us. But the Bible tells us that God never changes. He doesn't move. See, here's, that's the truth of it. We move, but He never does. He is just as close to you today as he was yesterday, the Bible says if we'll draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us. What does that mean? Does that mean that if, if I'm faithful and I'm good, then God might bless me more and there are other people who'll bless? No, he gets closer to us because we're getting closer to him. He's a fixed point. There's nothing that changes about God. He's always true. He's always good and he's always faithful. There are times where he seems far away. And I want to I encourage you with this. The next time you find yourself praying and you feel like your prayers are not going anywhere or you feel like there's this greater distance between you and God because of how you're feeling or what's going on, you remind yourself that while that might be how you feel, that might be how the circumstances are making you feel, it's not what's true. God is just as close to you today as he's always been because he's faithful. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Jesus makes this promise. I will go with you. He invited his disciples before he left them. Go into the world and preach the gospel. And I'll go with you and I'll be with you all the way to the end of the age. That was true when the disciples were in prison. That's, that was true when the apostles faced persecution. It was true when they stood before the rulers of whatever place they were and no one stood with them. And it's true for you today all the way to the end of the age. There's nothing that can ever stop the love and the presence of God in your life. He is faithful to you. The Bible, uh, the Bible tells us that it's neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything can separate you from the love of God. His presence, His faithfulness is always true. Yeah, there are times in my life where I haven't, I haven't felt like God was very close to me, but He's always been right where He's always been. And you can find comfort in His presence. You can find comfort in who he is and what he wants to do in your life. We think about this interaction between Jesus and his disciples. There's the comfort of his presence. But here's where they found courage from his word. We know from Matthew's account of this story that something happens when Jesus is speaking words of comfort. In verse 20, and the disciples are receiving Jesus into the boat in verse 21. This is, this is an interesting part of the story. In the other accounts, there is this moment where when Jesus speaks... And his disciples hear him that one of his disciples, Peter, gets great courage from this, right? They go from being absolutely terrified of what is happening around them to Peter says, I want to come out on the boat. I want to come out of the boat and I want to walk to you. Now, you ask, why does John's account not include the story of Peter walking on the water? And I'll just say as a, as a way of encouragement when we talk about just a, a, a strength in our faith and the reliability of scripture. Some skeptic or critical point to that and say, see, there's the same story, but there's different details. Ultimately, we can't be 100% sure why uh, John would choose, other than the fact that John, when he was writing his account, was being led by the Spirit to write certain words. He doesn't include the account of Peter stepping out of the boat. Uh, and when you get to the end of John's gospel, he says, there are so many other things that I could have written, so many things I could have filled multiple books Right, But the ultimate goal is that you would believe on Jesus Christ. It may be as simple as this. John's goal was to focus on Jesus, and so that's what he does. But what we know from the story is that they go from being terrified by what's happening around them to having courage 
Peter is willing to actually step out of the boat and start toward Jesus because now that he knows it's him and he hears his words, he's gone from being afraid to ready to step out on the water. Now, sometimes we have that kind of courage, right? And then we end up, we, it's a whole cycle, right? We have that courage. What did we say? Sometimes we will put our faith and trust in God. We will believe, we will obey, and then we'll find ourselves in a difficult situation. That's what Peter found himself in. He had the courage to step out on the water, but then he took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. But then Jesus was there to reach down and pull him right up again because that's the kind of savior that we have. You will never regret getting into the boat and friend, you'll never regret stepping out of the boat. You'll never regret following Jesus where he calls you to go because his word and what he has said is always true. And you can be certain that when you're obedient to God's word, he will bless. I do not obey God and follow after him or live a life of faithfulness so that he will do anything for me. It's because of who he is. It's all for his glory. But you can be certain that when you're faithful, God will be faithful to you. He will be good to you. In response to Jesus' words, not only are the disciples comforted, but Peter is filled with courage and he's prepared to step out of the boat. Don't let your storms keep you from Jesus. Don't let the storms keep you from going where he wants you to go, doing what he wants you to do. Some of you are going through some stuff right now and you've really contemplated just going a different direction. Like, why bother with all this? It doesn't seem to be working. You'll never regret following after him. And maybe what you need is right now you've, you're letting some other voices. You need to get back to the voice of your Savior. Maybe it's as simple as, I've just wandered away from his word. I've wandered away from the truth of his word. Because when we hear God's words, when we hear him speak, when we spend time in his presence, when we gather with his people in the church, or when I take time to read and meditate on scripture in my daily life, or when I go to him in prayer and allow his Holy Spirit to speak to me, it's when we allow the Holy Spirit, when we allow God to speak to us, and when we hear his words, that's where the courage comes from. And sometimes the reason that we're allowing fear to win over faith is because we're feeding that fear. Because there's a lot of voices, there's lots of words that you can listen to. There's plenty of people who are willing to tell you that what you believe is silly and you ought to abandon it. Or there's plenty of people that are willing to tell you that if you think you should do this, then do that. There's plenty of people who are willing to say, forget God's word, go with your gut, go with what you think is right. But you'll never regret listening to God's word. And what you and I need in moments of fear is to go back to his word. Like sometimes I don't feel like going to church. Sometimes I don't feel like reading his word. I mean, that might, I don't, I mean, if we're allowed to be honest in church, right? We're allowed to tell the truth in church, right? Sometimes we don't feel like doing the things that we should do. But that doesn't make them any less true, any less right, any less good for you. And there are going to be some times where you're going to need to let your feelings catch up. And listen, if you have to leave them behind for a little while, and go and pray or go get into his word or go to church and let your feelings catch up later, sometimes you're going to have moments where that's true. I think instead of trying to pretend that we don't feel that way, instead of coming to church and somebody asking you, how are you doing? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and never better. I had, I, we would joke, my grandfather used to say, when people would say, never better. It's like, never better? You never had a better time? I'm, when I was six, life was a whole lot less complicated. I can tell you, I don't think it'll ever be better than that, right? Things are way more complicated now, but never better? Now it's a little bit of a stretch. But when you come and you're around brothers and sisters in Christ, this ought to be the place where you can say, no, it's not going so great. 
Not so that we can sit around and complain and have a pity party and talk about how awful our life is, but so that we can encourage one another in the Lord. I know where, you're, I know where you've been. I know where you're at. I've been there before. Let's pray about it. Let's seek God's face together. We can encourage each other. If there's ever a place where we ought to be able to come and encourage each other and be honest with each other and just be real about the struggles, it ought to be this place because it's here that we can come and with our brothers and sisters, we can look to God and invite him to speak into whatever's happening into our lives because when we hear from God, that is what gives us courage. Maybe today what you need is to practice the presence of God and find that comfort. Maybe what you need right now, there are, you're here this morning and you are restless. There have been some sleepless nights. There have been some tear-filled eyes. You're struggling. And what you need to be reminded of is that you have a good and faithful God who loves you. And you need to rest and find comfort. Some of your, 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 your spirits are troubled. And you need to find comfort from God. And then there are others who maybe where you are is the fear is winning. And what you need to do is listen to God's voice. Let him speak words of comfort into your life and let that word of that, those words of comfort and those words of encouragement result in courage. So now it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up on what I know God has showed me to do. I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm going to let those words of comfort and those words of truth bring into my life, renew some courage in me. And maybe that's where you're at today. Trust the Lord and his word. Keep doing right. Persevere even in storms. And when Jesus gets on the boat, we're delivered. There's a fascinating part of this story that's only included in John's account. And that is, they, Jesus gets on the boat and they are right where they're supposed to be. Right? What exactly that looked like, I don't know. I just know that when Jesus got on the boat, things changed. And for some of us right now, you're in the middle of it, you're feeling the difficulty of it, invite Jesus into it. Because when Jesus shows up, Jesus changes things. And he can work in your life and he can take whatever you're going through and he can bring glory to himself and work it out for your good because that's the kind of God that he is.